So Money, episode 558, Jen Sincero, author of You Are a Badass at Making Money. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. From subsisting on Taco Bell and living in a garage at age 40 to then becoming a number one New York Times bestselling author and coach, earning more than she ever imagined. Our guest today is going to share how we can all, like she did, master the mindset of making wealth. Jensen Shero is the author of the New York Times bestseller, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And she's now released a follow-up to that book called You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth. In her latest book, she combines personal essays and advice to give readers the roadmap to a wealthier life. Jen is also a success coach, motivational speaker, and she spent more than a decade traveling the world to help people transform their lives and their bank accounts. Learn why she thinks she was always a little afraid of making more money. It had something to do with her relationship with her father and how to get over a victim mentality when it comes to you and your wealth. Here's Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero, welcome to So Money. Congratulations on your badass at making money, master the mindset of wealth, which is kind of a follow-up to You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life, which shot up the charts, was number one New York Times bestseller. What made you want to transition to talking about money? I mean, you talk about everything else, so why not, right? This is like just one last thing. Yeah. And I feel like it was my biggest personal struggle. It's sort of what inspired me to write You Are a Badass, the first book. So um, I figured why not go into it deeper? And also, you know, who can't use a little upgrade in the money department? <laughs> I know. Um, my hands are all, I'm raising my hand right now. You <laughs> talked about how sex was and is for many people this great fear, right? We had, There's like nothing more scary than talking about sex. But some would argue, and I might even argue, that nothing's scarier than talking about money because it's the same kind of vulnerability and fear and judginess that we're worried about uh, being on the receiving end of. So um, emotionally, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much more difficult is it for you kind of being open about money than other things? Oh, that's such an interesting question. You know, now I'm much better at it, but um, I, I think that parallel between sex and money is so right on because it's, you know, you're not allowed to talk about either one. It's, you know, dirty and gross and gauche to talk about either one, but yet you're supposed to be really good at both. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's so much shame and judgment involved in both of them. So I think to just expect that you're going to be good at it is... Um, is, is why a lot of people don't have a lot of money and probably why a lot of people are bad in bed, you know, but you got to study. And so I think since I started studying to answer your question and really admitting that I wanted to make more money and, and putting effort into it and focus onto it has made it a lot easier for me to now talk about. Yes. You talk about giving yourself permission to get rich, which is such a good way to put it because I do think that, I think that sometimes we feel like People who are rich, that's not me. You know, we characterize it to, to an extent and we 
we give ourselves these excuses. Um, what made you get over that? I mean, what was the aha moment that you're like, I, I'm worth it? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't remember having an aha about it. I remember just being so sick of scraping by, saying the phrase, I can't afford it, feeling like, really? this is the best I can do. You know, it was really just building up over time well into my forties. I mean, I was living in a converted garage when I was 40 and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I just really got sick of it. I had a, I got a, I had a, I'm sick of it moment, not really an aha moment, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You hit rock bottom. You're buying that toothpaste yeah. for 10 cents less and that wasn't even the toothpaste you liked. Right. Um, I mean, how much worse <laughs> does it get than that? <laughs> well, talk, like, talk about your, your previous life a little bit more, just so we have the context. Like you came, I mean, some of us, you know, I get questions on the show a lot. Like the people think they have it, at their, that they have the worst of it. But tell us about your worst of it. You know, where were you before you had your transformation? Um, I know that you just talked about living in a converted garage, always feeling broke, being broke. Um you know, give me more of the bad stuff. Um, you know, scrape working my tail off to get gigs. Like I was a freelance writer and, um, you know, writing takes a lot of time and is challenging for me. And, um, I was working so hard to get these jobs that weren't even paying anything. And when I did sort of the hourly, you know, how much time I was spending getting the gig and then actually writing, I was making like a quarter of minimum wage, um, you know, having horrible health insurance, um, really being scared of getting sick all the time. If I even had it, a lot of times I didn't even have health insurance. Um, you know, driving cars that I have this joke that when, when, when you're really broke and you're driving crappy cars, your, um, your sense of smell gets really heightened because <laughs> you need to be able to smell if it's the radiator or the brakes are on the fritz, you know, or if it's, or if you're just passing a pizza joint, like, so I just, I was always driving these horrible cars and I just, I just, I just knew deep down, you have got to be kidding me. Um, I, and, and the pain of really feeling so disappointed in myself and so at a loss of what to do. And, and so just could not believe that all of these other people were out there making tons of money. And I, for some reason was exempt from that existence. I just got sick of that. And so you decided from there, right, to write a book uh, to start putting your thoughts mm. on paper and that kind of evolved into a book deal. I mean, take us through that journey as well, because oh, that's very, yeah. how does, how does a person who's subsisting right. off of Taco Bell and driving shitty cars get a right. book deal? Um, it actually wasn't, the book came afterwards. You are asking, I mean, I wrote two books before that, that did pretty well, but you know, critically acclaimed, but didn't really make any money. Um, so I, um, I basically made the decision to make money. That was the first thing I did. So out of that frustration and pain and just irritation that I was so broke in my forties in a garage, I made the decision. So then I opened myself up to sort of welcoming in opportunities that I wasn't welcoming in before because I hadn't made the decision yet. So I really think that that is such an important thing to understand. And in order to do that, you have to give yourself permission to make money and to get over your judgment and whatever else you got going on. So that was the first step. Then, um, I, I started taking opportunities that were coming to me in the, without making this a really long story. I went to a sort of women's 
entrepreneurial think tank that was helping women start their own businesses. I had no business to start. I had no idea what I was doing there, but it just felt right. And I put in, you know, had to pay to go. And that really changed my life because I ended up being a facilitator for that group. And then I met my very first life coach who helped me start my online business. It really started turning my financial situation around. Um, so I guess it was taking an opportunity that cost money that I felt I didn't have, but just felt right. And following that lead that eventually led to me transforming my money story. Is that clear? Yes. Yes. It's very clear. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it definitely okay. paints the emotional aspect of the journey, you know, trusting your instincts, taking a chance, getting outside of your comfort zone, trusting your gut. But of course, we're talking about money, which at the end of the day is dollars and cents. So what right. other steps did you take that were okay. more tactical too, to get you back right. on track? Okay. Or just on so, track. <laughs> yeah, on track. <laughs> getting on a track, period. Um, so when I took that entrepreneurial thing, I asked the the leader if I could be a leader. So I had no experience coaching, um, but I felt instinctively that I would be good at it. So I took a risk of looking like an idiot and asked her if I could have a job. So it was sort of going out of my comfort zone and having faith that I could pull it off and asking for a job that I felt quote unquote unqualified for that I was unqualified for, but felt qualified for. So that was the first step and then got that job and my income slowly started to increase. And then that through a whole long story, I met a life coach during that who, who specialized in helping women make money. And, um, her fee was something like $7,000, which was huge for me at the time. I put that on a credit card um, I took out a new credit card. I couldn't, you know, couldn't quote unquote afford it, but I took a huge leap of faith in myself and in her and went into debt to sign up to work with her. And then, um, I did every single thing she told me to do, which was, you know, putting up an online business, um, to coaching writers on how to sell their book proposals. Um, tell me if I'm getting too detailed. I don't no, know. This, this is, this is great. Okay, good. So, um, you know, putting up that business, spending even more money on hiring somebody to set up a website. Like it was really, the big thing for me was spending money that I quote unquote did not have to get myself launched. And that scared the living crap out of me because money was my biggest stumbling block at the time. So, um, so I started out by starting this online business, coaching writers. I'd never coached writers before. I was a writer. So it was about believing in myself. It was about putting up online structures, um, and learning online marketing, learning a whole new skill set. And that started a massive, massive shift in my income for me. Totally. You're basically, you used leverage. Let's just, let's make it sophisticated, right? You leveraged your skills. Uh-huh. And I, we talk about this on the show a lot that we have, all of us, we have these skills that we're not monetizing, you know, and mm. it's, it's life. It's, it's whatever we learn through life, through our careers, through our relationships. We've suddenly become, we do have expertise it's just a matter of defining it, honing in on it, promoting it, and cashing in yep. on it. So that sounds like very much your path. So Absolutely. And appreciating it too. I think mm-hmm. if things come easily to us, we don't respect that it doesn't come easily to everybody, you know, and really understanding that you have valuable that you have value. I was watching your video on your website and one of the things you talked about was how you meditated, you went to guru workshops and you know, you felt like you were the last person on earth who would ever participate in any of these things, but guess what? <laughs> they worked. So 
Talk about that too, because I think that for me, I mean, I've been to some of the guru workshops. I have felt like, what what the hell am I doing here? It feels very mm-hmm. out of, I just, I feel very, I have like an out-of-body experience a little bit. Like I'm high-fiving people and I'm thinking, this is, how can this work? Um, but should I give it more of a chance? Right. You know, I got to say, going from you know, becoming successful is about being willing to get really uncomfortable on so many levels. And so I hear you, like, I felt like all those things were so dorky. However, I was more committed to getting over my money crap than I was to being cool (laughs) and doing (laughs) things that felt really Jen Sincero because Jen Sincero was living in a garage. So I had to try something new. So Mm -hmm. it really is about, um, if it intuitively feels right for whatever reason, if, if there's something that's going to teach you how to make money, don't, don't be holier than thou about it. Like you, you can't have everything, whatever you're doing right now is not working if you don't have money. So you got to step outside your comfort zone in very many ways. And one of the ways of doing that for me was going to all of these courses that I was just like, God, if any of my friends saw me here, you know, they'd never stop making fun of me, <laughs> but you know, um, but you're, you're, um, you're getting them drinks, so they better shut up. Yeah, exactly right. You're picking up the tab. You're picking up the tab. Why do you think yeah. your book, I mean, it's 2017. It's a very interesting year for a lot of reasons, but also, you know, I'm, we're, I'm recording this. We're recording this right after the Women's March, which was super inspiring, a global oh. movement. And um, I just feel like books like yours, uh, where do you see it fitting in the conversation this year and, and subsequent years? Mm, I am so thrilled that all of this is happening right now because my main motivation for writing the money book is to empower people. And, you know, money is power, right? like it or not, in our in the way our, our culture is set up. Um, it really, really empowers people. And I feel like there's so much being brought to the surface that needs help. And um, I want the big hearted, conscious, smart, loving people of earth to have as much money as they need to have their voices heard and to have the things that are important to them um, be seen. And uh, I'm so, I couldn't, it couldn't be a better time, I think, for this. I agree. Well, um, on this show, we talk to guests about their financial I guess, philosophies, and then we go into some wins, some failures, some habits. So let's start with your money mantra. Jen, do you mm-hmm. have a sort of overarching financial philosophy? You know, yes. And I have, it's sort of my overarching philosophy in general, but it's it's sort of, I just want to see what I can get away with. And it's not about, you know, ripping people off and seeing what I can get away with in that department, but just sort of in my own heart, just like, I just want to see if I can be a millionaire. I just want to see if I can buy a house. I just want to see if I can overhaul this part of my life. And for me, it takes the drama out of it. I wrote about this in You Are a Badass, but I find it so helpful because we get so white knuckled and freaked out and invested in our excuses and our sob stories. And when you just make it like, I just want to see if I can do it, it makes it light and allows some air and fun into it. And um, I just find that attitude allows me to lean back and receive a lot more stuff than if I'm freaking out about it. So you like to take risks. I mean, you're not afraid of risk. Let's be honest. You've had a pretty, it's like, what can, I feel like you started this financial journey at a point where you're like, I have nothing to lose. I have only to gain. 
That's true. And I really, I was terrified. <laughs> so, but I did it anyway. And fear, so is I think that's a big fear is good. Fear is good. If you can um, harness that fear, you know, and, and leverage it to, to do the right thing and to make sure that you don't go back, go backwards, but you go forwards. I mean, that's a great emotional. It's a um, great compass. It's a great compass. Because it's, if you're not scared, you're doing something wrong because then you're still in your comfort zone. Right. So we, I think we've, we've covered enough of the rock bottom moments. What would you say was your so money moment? Like your, you know, when you felt, and there may have been many since, mm. uh, you you know, you started this journey, but there was like a distinct time in your life where you felt like all the hard work was paying off. Mm. Yeah. I feel like the first one for me was I, I, I tripled my income within like three or four months of starting my online business the one I was talking about when I hired that coach and I started coaching writers and, um, that blew my mind on such a massive level. And it shifted my whole way of, um, relating to money. I, I, it really sort of popped something in me that got me over my belief. I really understood that I believed that I wasn't the kind of person that money was sort of available to other people who were sort of a different species than I was, but not to me. And so when I started making it, um, when I tripled my income and, and let me just say like tripling my income, I was making like 25 grand a year. So, um, you know, so whatever. It wasn't like I made millions, but still for me, it was huge. Um, so I think that moment when it just came in, in this huge wave, uh, it, it, it showed me that it was available to me, that I was able to make it, that it, it wasn't hard. I mean, I worked my butt off and I hustled, but it wasn't hard in this way that, you know, really we think we almost have to like wind up in the hospital in order to get rich. It, it, but it wasn't that way, you know, but we have to have a severe trade-off in life, you know, yes. look at, but like, you know, what's your definition of rich? My definition of rich is having an ease with money instead of a worrisome relationship with it, having trust in it and yourself and having enough to do, to be, do and have what it is that lights you up in life. I think that's, and that's different for everyone. Yeah, it's different for everyone. That's why I ask. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, because I think sometimes when you go through life thinking specifically that rich equals a certain dollar amount, mm -hmm. um, it's harder to achieve that. You know, it's like an impossible goal. I mean, you can definitely hit a million dollars if that's your goal, but you should have some more context to that. You know, you should have a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, should be more substantive than just a number because that can be, that can be quickly disappointing. And then you hit it and then what? You want more. So it's never satisfying either. Right. And we are emotional creatures who are motivated by emotions. So dollars and numbers don't really mean anything. It's what the money is for and the feeling it gives you that makes it satisfying and emotional. And so that's why I think that's where we start. After you wrote your uh, book, Badass, um, You Are a Badass, uh, was it that you were just experiencing a lot of your readers your conversations were, were turning into financial conversations. Your readers were coming to you for financial help. And that was why you wanted to write the second iteration of the book uh, of mm -hmm. focusing on money. Was it an, to address the audience more than also your own kind of your own journey? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it was both, but I do think that, you know, I, I have coaching courses that I started teaching around you are badass. And so many of the people enrolled in that because of their money issues. And, um, yeah, it was definitely 
inspired by my readers. You um, talk about shaking up the cocktail of creation in your book. What does that mean? Well, the cocktail of creation is sort of the, um, let me see if I can remember all the components. It's the awareness of what's holding you back, the decision to get over it. It's um, controlling your thoughts. It's controlling your words. It's taking hellbent for glory action. It's tenacity. There's all these pieces that go into transforming your life. And that's sort of what I just dubbed the cocktail of creation. And, uh, and if you notice all of those things, none of it's really hard. <laughs> you know, it really is like a decision, paying attention to what you're saying and what you're thinking. Like that doesn't leave you, you know, lying face down on the floor. It's a lot easier than working your ass off at a job 80 hours a week. And it's really, I think, far more exciting to talk about wealth creation than getting out of debt and saving and, and all the important things you have to do along the way in order to preserve that wealth. Um, but it sounds like a lot of what you coach on is just getting to a place where you have, where you feel like life is abundant, where you feel like you have wealth, where you feel like you're quote unquote rich. And that might motivate you to actually take the right steps to do the boring stuff, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah, save, know. invest, uh-huh. all the other stuff. So well, that's such a good point. Hmm. That's such a good point because what you focus on, you create more of, right? We hear that all the time. And if you're constantly focusing on your debt and saving, like how fun free is that? So if you're focusing on money being abundant and it coming to you and, and you know, healing your relationship with it, like that's so much juicier. So yes, you have to pay attention to debt and you need to, you know, move past it and saving is important. But what you're really focusing on is going to shift your energy around it. And that is a huge, that, that makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, that's a really important point. What's the craziest story you've heard from your, from your clients, from your readers regarding money and their issues with money that to the point where you were kind of like, I don't know if I, I can help this person, but you ultimately do. But you know, you always have that moment where you're like, this person's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, the most trained, I mean, I, my personal story, I was, I was really sort of the Olympic gold medalist in being a train wreck around money. If I may be so bold. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh, you know, it really, I, I, I can't think of any one particular story, but it really is anybody who's so trapped in the victim mode, who has piled up so many excuses. You know, a big one is, especially if you've got a lot of dependents, you're, um, you're in debt, you've got a job that you hate that doesn't even make that much money. You're already working 80 hours a week. So how the hell are you going to start a new business? Like all of everything is piled on top of you to the point where you're so exhausted before you even start that you can't see a way out of it. I mean, I've, I've had that story a lot in different mm-hmm. incarnations. Yeah. The victim. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. as Tony Robbins and would say, get over real. it. <laughs> get over yeah. yourself. Just, just yep. slap, uh, to slap. And can I just say, if that rings a bell for anybody listening to this, not to belittle your struggle, but it, the, it, what you put attention on grows. So yes, all these things might be true. Start focusing on something that brings lightness and abundance and start looking for opportunity instead of focusing on all of your woe is me. Ariana Huffington's mother used to tell her daughters whenever they would get really bogged down by a bad day, something happened, you know, something 
relatively trivial in the grand scheme of life, she'd say, change the channel. Ah, love it. Love that, right? Change the freaking channel already. Thank you. (laughs) Um, How much of your childhood do you think set you up for the life that you have now? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I grew up upper middle class and, um, you know, dad was a doctor, mom was a housewife and we had money. And I think, you know, I, I made a huge, huge discovery, um, you know, along my journey of figuring out my issues with money, um, that one of my biggest blocks on allowing myself to get wealthy was because my dad provided for us and he was always working one of his, um, one of the ways that he showed love was by giving me money. And, you know, he never supported me as an adult. And, you know, that's why I went up in the garage, but he did like, he loved just like giving me a check for a hundred bucks really lit him up. And in my deep, deep subconscious mind, I believed that if I went out and got really rich and financially independent, it would be like stabbing my dad in the heart because he wouldn't be able to show me that he loved me anymore. And that changed my whole life. Oh, like once so I deep. Realized, Oh my God, I could cry about it now. Oh and God. so that, but I never would have had that realization if I hadn't pushed myself really into some of my biggest money fears and taken some of those leaps, like taking out those credit cards to hire a coach or starting my own business. Um, it confronting that fear somehow just like brought that up out of my subconscious and, and it was talk about an aha moment that really brought me to my knees. Whoa. I've heard that in another form. Like I've heard people say that <clears throat> they're a little embarrassed to admit to their to admit their lifestyle and their income to their parents because they know for a fact that they make more than their parents mm. and they don't want to make their parents feel less than. Mm. So money as a result becomes a very uh, taboo topic even as adults around mm-hmm. the dinner table because um, and you don't have to, it's not like we're talking about how much we make, but even just in how we're, how we're going about our lives, the vacations we take, the cars we drive, that all says something. Oh, and right. there, and so you don't want to ever make your parents feel like they're inconsequential, you know, to your, right. Uh, it's very, very sticky for sure. Yep. And it's very primal, you know, I mean, and then that goes even deeper to if my father can't show me he loves me and if he doesn't love me, then I starve and die as a baby. Like we're really going to take it down to that primal, mm-hmm. primal level. So this is all the stuff that is running our lives that we're unaware of and that's holding us back. So it's, it's a really interesting process unearthing all that. That is the first time I've ever heard the way that you articulated that makes so much sense. And I think a lot of us perhaps have that story going on in our head, preventing us from feeling worthy or actually going for the big win because we're worried about what that's going to ultimately mean for our relationships with our parents. Wow. Yeah. Oh, fear of abandonment. Fear of abandonment, survival, love. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Epic. Whoa. It's epic. Okay. <laughs> didn't know, didn't, think you're, didn't realize we were going to go there, but I'm so glad we did. So what's something that you do habitually, Jen, with your money, with your money relationship that helps to keep, you know, to keep your, your life abundant? Mm. I look at it every day, pretty much. I go into my bank account and I make sure I know what's coming in and out and my credit card. Um, I used to be in such denial and terror around my money. I, 
I would go to my accountant and be like, I don't actually want to know my numbers because I don't think it should be working. I, I should not have electricity and a phone at this point, the way I'm making money and spending it. Um, you know, I was just sort of in this, I hope it all works out. And, and I'm very, I, I treat it like any other relationship. I pay attention to it. I love it. I'm really appreciative of it. Every single time it comes in, I, I try to be anyway. Um, I treat it sort of like a person that I'm in love with. <laughs> I, I real I talk about this a lot in the book, like you're having a relationship mm-hmm. with it. So pay attention to it. What you appreciate appreciates, you know, every dime you get appreciate it. Just be, you know, you don't have to be a crazy freak about it, but pay attention to it. You're having a relationship to, with it. And if like any other relationship, if you ignore it and bad mouth it and don't trust it and fear it, it's not going to go well. That's right. Yeah, I don't think we talk enough about our relationship with money. We don't think of that. We think relationship in the ter- in, ter- in the sense that we have relationships with people, with God, with you know, um, with ourselves. But money is definitely something that, if you can look at that as a relationship, it does create a great foundation for you to then think and act more accordingly and yep. more consciously and correctly. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! All right, Jen. A couple more minutes left. Would love to. Okay. Get your quick thoughts, quick fill in the blank, fill in the blanks for these sentences. Okay. okay. So if I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is? Um, I'd break it up into threes. I'd put some towards the house I'm building. I'd put some into savings and I'd give some to charity. Nice. That was quick. You're good on your feet. <laughs> One thing I splurge on that I just can't, uh, I, you know, no, no regrets. Just I love to travel, 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 luxury <laughs> hotels. I read about that. That's good for you. <laughs> One thing that makes my life easier or better that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is. Oh, my cleaning lady. <laughs> I'm madly in love with her. Seriously, that was. Oh, really? That's a huge one for me. Yes, I <laughs> concur. When I donate, I like to give to blank because I have about a hundred. I am going to say just for this one, uh, the ACLU, because mm-hmm. I feel like freedom is one of the most precious things we've got going. Yes, it's priceless mm-hmm. and very important to make front and center these days. Yeah. Yep. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is that I am the kind of person who could make as much as I want. Mm. And last but not least, I'm Jen Sincero and I'm so money because money is my pal. Money is my pal. It's my, lo- <laughs> it's my lover. It is. It's my lover. <laughs> Jen, I can't wait for this book to also hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, the book is called You Are a Badass at Making Money. Master the Mindset of Wealth. Congratulations. And uh, we'll be watching you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really, really great. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Jen, her website is jensincero.com. She's also on Twitter at jensincero. The book, again, is called You Are a Badass at Making Money. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money. Money.